It's hard for us to imagine, most of us, what it takes to be a shepherd. The closest that most of us are likely to come to a lamb is a frozen chunk of meat in a grocery store freezer or maybe a really nice wool sweater. And even that piece of lamb in the freezer probably came all the way from New Zealand. Most of us, when we think about shepherds, probably think of those paintings of Jesus carrying the lamb on his shoulders and Jesus looks happy and the lamb looks happy. And the shepherd business doesn't look all that good, all that bad, does it? You know, it's not a, not a hard gig. But the reality, I suspect, is a little bit harder. First of all, like most animals, sheep smell and they tend to wander off if you don't watch them every minute. That's why you have to have a shepherd. And there are always various predators waiting to make a snack of slow, tasty lambs. So life for a shepherd must actually be pretty hard work. And like any hard job, I am sure that there are people that do it badly. The prophet Jeremiah, from our first reading today, lived during the reign of King Zedekiah. And Zedekiah was a bad shepherd. So bad, in fact, that his reign would end just as the people of Israel were being carted off to their captivity in Babylon. So Jeremiah writes to denounce this bad shepherd, but also to reassure his people that God will look after them and will bring them a shepherd who will guard and preserve them. And God did this. He eventually brought their captivity to an end, restored their kingdom, and in the course of time, provided to them the ultimate shepherd, his own son. Now, in Mark's gospel today, when the disciples of Jesus return from the mission that he sent them on, they go off someplace secluded to rest. You remember last week, he sent them off and they were casting out evil and healing people and preaching the good news. And so now they're done and they're back and they deserve some rest. So they go off to a quiet place. But the problem is that the word got out and the crowds didn't just follow them there. They got there before they did, which meant that there was no parking. That's always going to be a problem. But the crowds that were there were like sheep without a shepherd. It sounds so pitiful, a crowd wandering around with no one to lead them, no one to keep them safe, and no one to provide for them. Does that sound at all familiar? Do people seem that way today, maybe, sometimes? There seem to be people wandering around lost all over the place. Some are wandering around looking for the next big thing, the next trend, the next startup, the next app, or the next fashion, hoping that whatever's next will be what they need and what they want. Some of these wandering sheep are so desperate for someone to provide for them that they end up in gangs or in jail or making other bad choices following a crowd. And some are so desperate for someone to follow that they begin to follow despots, dictators, and predators, thinking that somehow that will keep them safe. It's sad, 
And it's sad because we have a shepherd. Our good shepherd provides for us and leads us and will never abandon us. Others may lead us wrong or let us down, but Jesus will still be our true shepherd. Politicians and priests and heroes, parents and administrators, employers and celebrities, all are shepherds who at some point may let us down even as we presume they are trying their best to shepherd us. But our ultimate shepherd is Jesus, who sees our needs and responds with mercy and with compassion. You may, at some point, if not already, you may find yourself in a position of leadership or authority. And if you do, I hope you will remember the admonitions of Jesus, our true shepherd. Elsewhere in the Gospels, Jesus told his disciples that they cannot lord it over each other or abuse their authority. And he asked them to view their leadership as service to their communities. And he showed them examples of what true leadership is. When Jesus was faced with this huge pitiable crowd, what did he do? He taught them. It doesn't say he laid down the law or issued ultimatums or lectured them or put up a wall between himself and the crowds. He taught them. And that's the way our leadership should work as well. Perhaps the most important thing that Jesus taught them and us is that they are one people. In the letter to Ephesians, today's epistle, it's very clear that the Jews from Palestine and the Hellenic Jews, those from the Greek territories, had always regarded each other as separate people. But in Christ, they are now made one. As the writer of Ephesians tells them, they became united when Jesus died for them all. Because Jesus died for us all, The things that previously divided us must be set aside. When we approach this altar, we are made into one flock coming to the table of our one shepherd who feeds us and blesses us and sustains us all. Think of that at communion time today and see if you don't see us all becoming one flock following the good shepherd. We are united not because we all agree or all think the same way or all experience our faith the same way. We're united not because of anything about us, except that we follow the same shepherd. It is at this sacred banquet that we are at our best. For a few precious moments, we are all one people and undivided. We are united with those sitting next to us and behind us and with those who are far away. United at this table, we have a glimpse of the reign of God when we are all one flock following our true shepherd.